tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Moment of the Run to Daylight Pro uh, podcast. And we're off to a roaring start already. I'm your host, Todd from PA, Todd Burroughs. And once again, joined by my co-host, Eric Moody. Eric N. Moody on Twitter. And today, our friends at the FFPC... I wanted to talk a little bit about something that they added not long ago, a new Dynasty Superflex format. They call it the TriFlex Dynasties. So if you've wanted an FFPC Dynasty without kicker and defense, and that's one of the major changes, they are Superflex leagues, uh, one Superflex and two regular flex, and three wide receivers instead of the normal two. This is in partnership with our friends over at Rotoviz as well. And the the leagues have been filling. If you want to get in, there's a deadline before the draft. I believe it's tomorrow. And but right after the draft, they will be opening these new dynasty formats right back up. And you can find them by going and uh, opening an account myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. Eric, welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. It's another Friday. You know, we're less than a week before the start of the 2021 NFL draft. So no, definitely exciting times. So I know we got a really great show plan. You know, we want to talk a lot about the draft. Like I know uh, the athletics, Dane Brugler creates like a mock draft, like every few weeks, you know, leading up to the NFL draft every year. What I like about it and I've been reading it for years, is that it covers really like every pick. It also focuses like on team needs, you know, scheme fit and like culture fit as well. So it goes really in depth. And I know there's been like a number of like live streams and like podcast analysis, you know, about the 2021 draft. You know, it's almost here. And we can really there see. Always is. Yeah. I'm like, there's always a ton. And so we can find out like, hey, where these players are going and really what the, you know, the fantasy you know, kind of outlook would be. So we're really just looking at these players in a vacuum at this point. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into these potential landing spots for this year's draft, you know, kind of using Dane's uh, mock draft as like a basis. If you're a subscriber to The Athletic, go ahead and check that out. I know he's got a a ton of great content uh, over there. So we really want to use that as a foundation. So I would say, uh, you know, let's dive in. Ready Ready to dive into it, Todd? I am ready. All right, let's do it. So, you know, I'll be dramatic, you know, like Roger Goodell here. So, you know, with the first pick, you know, the 2021 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson. You know, everyone kind of expects, uh, you know, Lawrence to be selected, you know, by the Jaguars. Worst kept, worst yeah. kept secret, you know, worst kept secret, <laughs> the Jets couldn't even tank right. Yeah, I know it's, it, it is the worst kept secret, but we won't spend too much time on Lawrence, obviously, but Todd, I'll pass it to you. What do you think about that selection, assuming that one's going to happen, right? Yeah, I I think he's got to be the pick. Um, You know, I've seen some inconsistency in the little bit I've watched of him. I don't know that I believe he's as much of a no-brainer as some people uh, seem to think. Uh, But, uh, you know, 
there was a study recently about the the percentage of these top pick quarterbacks who actually make it, and yeah. I think it's only about forty percent. So uh, you know, I think when you don't have a quarterback, you have to take a quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the only way you're going to get a quarterback. So that is why it has to be the pick. Also, his ability to run fits exactly what Urban Meyer likes to do. Yeah. Uh, his preference is to have a mobile quarterback um, all the way back to Alex Smith at Utah. Yeah, no, good, very good points. Uh, I think when you look at all these uh, quarterback like prospects, I'm like, he's, he's one of the best quarterback prospects to come out, obviously, since Andrew Luck. Uh, I'm just really more excited with Lawrence with the fit in Urban Meyer's like offense. When you look at Urban Meyer, I know he loves quarterbacks who can, you know, attack defenses in multiple ways, you know, as a passer, you know, on the ground as a runner. It really with good decision making uh, and leadership like on the football field. He checks the boxes there. Great uh, hair. Yeah, great hair, too. As you can tell, I mean, uh, you know, I shaved mine. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. We're, we're both jealous. Yeah, I know with the with the locks and the wind and the helmet, all that good stuff. But you look at uh, who he's surrounded with, like his presence. Where you look at James Robinson, DJ Shark, and the entire Jaguar skill position players. Like he obviously elevates like their value. I do have uh, some concerns, like with their offensive line. Uh, I think the tackle position is an area of opportunity, uh, but they have solid protection on the interior uh, with Brandon Linder and uh, Andrew Norval. Uh, so, should we move on to the lovely Jets? Well, I, I do want to say with the Jaguars that you've mentioned a couple times that this is a very good draft for um, offensive line. It's one of the yeah. few areas that you've identified. And the Jaguars do have, besides the 1-1 one, one pick, 125, 2-1, 2-13, 3-1, and 4-1. So mm -hmm. they really can go shopping here, Eric. And it'll be interesting to see how they play the draft board. Uh, with the new management, if they buy yeah. into the, the more modern metric of trading down and even getting more value, or if they just sit there like the Dave Gettleman statue and make those picks. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, I'd like to see what they uh, what they build around, uh, like with Lawrence. And I, I know some of these other picks, you know, kind of identify some other players that uh, that they can target. So, no, well said, well said. So, you know, looking at the Jets, you know, they got the number two pick you know, in the uh, 2021 NFL draft. And I think all signs point to them taking uh, Zach Wilson out of BYU. So when you look at the Jets, uh, Todd, when you look at like their depth chart and the picks that they have, like, do you agree or disagree with this pick? Well, I mean, I, I do study, but I don't, I haven't looked at the quarterback. So uh, from, uh, you know, quote, from what I read, I think Wilson is, um, one of those guys who reminds me a little bit of Mitchell Trubisky in the sense that he really came a, a one-year wonder. And those guys always make me worry. And I, I think the negative is that people are saying, you know, saying that they're trying to get the next Patrick Mahomes. And a lot of people feel that Justin Fields is a better pick. Um, I personally would have kept... Sam Darnold, possibly, at least up until the draft. Mm -hmm. I, I think they could have gotten as, just as good of a package during the draft. Uh, when the, the teams that want quarterbacks you don't get one of the guys, you know, once those top four or five guys are off the board, mm -hmm. I think the Jets could have done better and they could have entertained offers for the number two. But, hey, it's mm -hmm. the Jets, so 
It's yeah. hard to expect the best, but I hope that as a, a, a native New Yorker, I hope that they do good. Yeah, no, understood. It's uh, I think you and I are aligned here for where I, I'm not a big fan of the pick. It, it seems like all signs are pointing to it's going to happen. And I get it. I'm like, you look at Wilson, the season he had uh, at BYU, you know, historic season, you know, last year, you know, threw for nearly 3,700 yards, which ranked 16th in school history. I guess the question is, is he more than just a one-year wonder? And we'll find out the answer, you know, to that. Um, I would say with, with he Wilson, looks you know, he has like a high a ceiling, kid. but I think he carries. <laughs> he just looks he, like he a goofy look young kid in the to face, me. doesn't he? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I you hate to look at that, but I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, they 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 brought in Corey Davis. They they um, had Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder. Um, but they really haven't, um, you know, they've got a number of picks, but they really haven't, um, you know, they really didn't attack free agency very hard. No, I'm also concerned like with them seriously about their, about their offensive line. Uh, another area of opportunity. I'm like, if you look at pro football focus, I know they allowed pressure in 2.5 seconds or less on 28% of the dropbacks. Uh, last year, which happened to be the worst rate in the NFL. So again, you know he's he's got a uh, high ceiling, but the floor is not very stable. And that concerns me. Anything else you want to add to Wilson before we uh, move on to number three overall? Uh, well, they're another team that has a second first round pick, the twenty third. Mm-hmm. They've yeah. got pick two two three two three twenty three and four two. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, uh, it'll be interesting to see what Joe Douglas does with all those picks. Um, plenty of opportunity, but plenty of holes. Um, I just still feel that they could have done better than what they got for Sam Donald. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I guess when you move on to like number three, you know, overall, where you look at the 49ers, again, we've got multiple signs and tea leaves pointing to them signing uh, or drafting, excuse me, Mac Jones, you know, quarterback out of Alabama. So I'll, I'll kind of kick it off with a, a couple of points on him and pass baton over to you. So if you look at Jones, uh, phenomenal season. You know, he was Alabama's all-time single-season passing leader with, you know, 4,500 yards last season. 49ers moved up. Again, all signs point to them selecting a quarterback. Uh, I love Kyle Shanahan's system, his offensive scheme. I'm like, Jones could thrive there. I think what we're looking at here, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is essentially on a short leash. Uh, one thing with the uh, 49ers, like with their offensive line, I'm like year in and year out, they continue to trot out one of the top run blocking and pass blocking uh, units in the league. I think the interior of their offensive line, you know, could be upgraded. But either way, if you look at it, Jones is going to have adequate protection. I'll pass it over to you, Todd. What are your thoughts on Jones? Yeah, it'll be real interesting. I think that all three of the remaining big quarterbacks are possibilities, and all three have at different times been rumored to go here. I, I don't have any insight that uh, other people don't. But where, where where I will caution people for best ball is right now, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the guy this year. I mean, it's possible that they trade him during the draft. Uh, but Jimmy is, uh, you know, it, 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 it'll be interesting to see which guy they bring in and and whether they legitimately have a competition. But Jimmy Garoppolo has dropped into the mid-20 rounds, and if he's not in San Francisco, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, But, yeah, I mean, uh, push comes to shove, uh, Eric. Who do you think is the guy? 
Yeah, no, I, I do agree with you because I do see Jimmy Garoppolo being the guy. You know, as, as Sun Tzu said, there's always opportunity and chaos. And then you could look at that with his ADP. I'm like, it's reflected there. But I think with a guy like Mac Jones, I'm like, it, it'll help for where he transitions to the NFL and has a year or two to sit behind an established quarterback. I look at exactly. it this way. I mean, that you said that yeah. was the point I was trying to make. Yeah, is that that you know if you if you are drafting these guys to play this year, you might be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the fact that the Niners added Alex Mack to that offensive line that you talked mm-hmm. about, one yeah. of the best centers in the league, and then they re-signed Kyle Utzcheck and George Kittle, obviously is one of the best blocking mm-hmm. tight ends ever. Um, it, it almost isn't going to matter who the quarterback is because if they can get the ball out, and this is why I think it might be Mac Jones, because what they want is someone who can get the ball out quick to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Um, and he seems like a very quick and accurate passer. Yeah, no, very, very good point. So like, it's, like I said, I agree with you. I'm leaning more towards uh, Jimmy G there. Uh, anything else you want to add about the 49ers or we move on to those Atlanta Falcons? Onward and upward, my friend. All right. We're moving, moving on, as they say. So look at the Atlanta Falcons, you know, number four pick, you know, the 2021 draft. So I know in Dane's mock, you know, he has them selecting Trey Lance, you know, so quarterback out of North Dakota State. Uh, I'll kind of pass it to you first to kind of talk about Lance and I'll kind of chime in with some comments. So, hey, if this does come to fruition, Todd, like what do you think about this uh, selection? Well, I mean, Matt Ryan is kind of heading down the end of the the road mm-hmm. and the team does need to rebuild. I I would not be shocked if the Falcons traded out of this pick though. Mm-hmm. I I I just, you know, I, I think Lance is a reasonable pick, but if someone really wants whichever quarterback slips to 4, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if the Falcons traded out of the pick and got the value for their new GM and coach. Um, you know, when you look at the Tennessee Titans, uh, Smith is his last name. What's his first name? Uh, the new Arthur. Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith. Um, you know, he was able to turn Ryan Tannehill into something. Mm-hmm. So I would not be shocked to see, you know, I'm going to predict a trade here. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I haven't heard anything of them saying they really like Trey Lance mm-hmm. or any of the quarterbacks. I think if the one drops that they really like, they'll take him. If not, I would not be surprised to see a trade here. Yeah, no, I, I can see that happening. I would say the only, I would say the biggest concern that I would have is that it's just so rare when you have like a like a top five pick, you know, like like they do have here. And granted, you know, hey, not everyone has a super soldier serum like Tom Brady, right, to be able to play to like 42 or 43. Uh, so I could see them taking Lance here uh, just to have a contingency plan for whenever they do move on to Ryan. But I think one issue with Ryan, I'm like, you look at like his contract. I'm like, it is it's it's ridiculous. I know they've tried restructuring and, and doing all those different things, but I can really see them having Lance sit behind Ryan until that contract's up and then to take, you know, take the reins. But I know we all know about Lance's body of work in North Dakota State. You know, some may question the competition, but still, you know, he was a monster, dual threat quarterback. We know how much Arthur Smith loves to run the football, right? Those last two seasons with Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, I, I think that well, and but what we don't know about Arthur Smith, <laughs> it, he see what I like about Arthur Smith is that he made the most out of the talent he had in Tennessee. <laughs> so the question to me 
is who is Arthur Smith? Is he a guy who wants play action and a big running back? Or is he a guy who, because he had the big running back and, and a quarterback who did good with play action, built his offense around what he had? Mm-hmm. So when you look at Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, I know Matt Ryan's 35 years old. It reminds me of when Eli, mm-hmm. uh, when they took Barkley. It really mm-hmm. comes down to what, you know, how many years do they think that Matt Ryan has left mm-hmm. and how much do they like the quarterback? I, I can honestly, to me, it's a, a 50-50 that they, mm-hmm. you know, that they trade out of the pick um, or if they um, if they take the quarterback. I think it would be silly for them to take um, mm-hmm. the tight end. Yeah, you know, as good as Kyle Pitts is with the weapons they already have, mm-hmm. but that you know that it wouldn't shock me if they did. But to me, that would be the, I you know, if I'm going one two three, it's um, kind of a tie at one to two with trading mm-hmm. out and taking the QB, and uh, a distant third taking a different player. Yeah. And they have another pick that, uh, that comes up in the uh, top of the second round, too, which I think will be an interesting pickup based on Dane's uh, uh, draft here on his mock. Uh, so that covers the Falcons. So looking at number five, a lot of talk around this pick. <laughs> so at the number five overall pick, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals would select Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU. I'll kind of uh, kind of kick off the analysis here, and then I'll pass the baton back to you, Todd. But like you look at Chase, I know everyone knows about his body of work, and he opted out last season. But in 2019, I'm like the, the guy was on fire. You know, 84 receptions, nearly 1,800 receiving yards. You know, 24 of those receptions were for 20 or more yards. One thing with uh, the Bengals, I'm like the selection to Chase would give them a very viable number three receiver. I know a lot of folks are you know all about like T Higgins and his breakout. No AJ Green. Not a slight against Higgins. And like, he's like a great player. But one thing with Cincinnati, they had a third receiver on the field on 82% of their offensive plays last season. That was the second highest in the NFL. So I know the Bengals' like offensive line is an area of opportunity. But, but again, tying back to what I said earlier for where the depth in this uh, draft class at offensive line, they could still address the offensive line a little bit later in the draft. But I just think to give them a viable you know, like third wide receiver, like, would you rather go to battle with, like, Jamar Chase as your number three or Auden Tate? <laughs> I think it kind of comes down to that. But go ahead, Todd. What do you think about this pick? Well, there's what's rational to do, and then there's the Bengals, right? You know, as we talk a lot about <laughs> rational coaching, rational picking, mm-hmm. uh, yes. and, and some of these teams just aren't rational. And the Bengals have historically been one of them. And they've always been a team that do, do seem to put a higher priority on the skill positions than anything else. That being yeah. said, the most important person on this franchise is Joe Burrow. And he's coming off a major injury that can directly be attributed to the problems on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think that this, again, could be a really good – with rational coaching, This, if I was the general manager – what I'd be looking to do here would be to trade down, get extra picks, get value for the pick for someone who loves Pitts or loves Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's like three or four t- uh, t- uh, tackles near the top of the pecking order. I think you can move back a few picks, still get your tackle, get extra value. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do, Eric. Yeah. No, what the no Bengals, I like it. What the Bengals will do? Elmo Shrug. 
No, no, really, really good points. You know, just because coaches don't always act, you know, rationally. And so they, they could be enamored by Jamar Chase, you know, the all the big, you know, highlights and, and the speed and the athleticism, all those things that people get intoxicated over and make the pit. The great thing is you can't blame them for taking Chase. You can't yeah. take blame them if they take pits. You know, yeah. you can't blame them if they take the tackle. Mm-hmm. Right. So from that perspective, sitting there and picking, no one can blame them. Mm-hmm. But to really maximize the value, um, Again, I know I'm going to be a broken record about trading down, but um, that's to me, this is a prime spot to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. So, moving on to uh, the number six pick, you know, the Miami Dolphins, you know, would select, you know, Kyle Pitts, you know, tight end out of Florida. So, everyone knows about Pitts. We were talking about him earlier. You know, last season, I know he set the Florida school record for touchdowns by a tight end with 12. You know, he led, you know, all tight ends and deep catches and deep yards. Uh, Pitts, you know, would fit perfectly like in Miami. I know whenever Tua took over as a starter, I know the Dolphins lean heavily on two tight end sets. And I was looking at like sharp football stats and I know they use, you know, two or more tight ends like on 35% of their offensive snaps. Like the league average last year was 24%. So I guess on paper, you know, looking at the stats, looking at the team, you know, need, especially with Gaziki going into a contract year, you know, the move makes sense. But Todd, let's hear from you. I'm like, what say you about this pick? Well, I think they're going to sit there and they're going to take either Chase or um, the tight end Pitts. Um, Pitts is a Florida guy. He went to the University of Florida. I think if he's there, you know, initially my thought was Gesicki. But like you said, Gesicki only has one more year. Uh, He's been good. At times, but not great. Kyle Pitts has the ability to be great and be that 15-year guy. So mm-hmm. if he's there, I don't expect him to – I don't expect them to trade down. I don't expect them to do anything mm-hmm. but take either Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts here, whichever yeah. one makes it to them. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I agree with you there. So, you know, moving on to uh, another another pick here, a fantasy-relevant pick. We'll have a little bit of a jump because we want to focus on the fantasy-specific players Moving on to number nine, like in Dane's uh, mock draft, has the Denver Broncos selecting uh, Justin Fields, you know, quarterback out of Ohio State. So I'll kind of go back to you on this one, Todd. Like if this comes to fruition, what do you think about this pick? I think you have to take the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Drew Locke is shown that he's more likely not the guy th- than he is the guy. Mm-hmm. We've, we talk about how, they, how much they've struggled to get a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, other than the one or two years when Peyton Manning was there, mm-hmm. uh, they've never replaced Sean Elway, really. And, and I think that they've got enough talent already on that team mm-hmm. that if uh, Fields falls to nine, you've got to take him uh, unless you really just don't think he is the, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, Fields – uh, is one of those guys that we're hearing so many negatives about that don't make sense to us who aren't privy to everything. Mm-hmm. Like I could see fields really dropping, you know, 15th, 20th, 30th, who knows, you know, one of those really unexpected free falls. But if it's me yeah. based on what I know, I think that you've got to upgrade the quarterback position, especially with the weapons you've already mm-hmm. got in uh, Denver. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. I know everyone knows what Fields was able to do, like in 22 games as Ohio State's uh, starting quarterback, you know, dual threat quarterback, you know, passing the ball, you know, as a rusher as well. Um, I think if you're, you're in a scenario where Fields is going against like Drew Locke, you know, in a training camp competition, I think he has a really good chance of, of winning. Uh, I think Locke ultimately failed like his audition that he had last year. So I could see this pick really working out. Before we move on to the the Chargers at number 13 overall, uh, anything you want to add regarding the Broncos and Fields? Drew Locke reminds me of one of those guys who, even when he plays well, it tends to be after they've already lost the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, late, all of a sudden, late third and fourth quarter, he's throwing a bunch of touchdowns when you're down by four touchdowns. You know, he just doesn't seem to play very well when you need him to play well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think the Fields pick would be a good one. Uh, if he makes it this far, I would be surprised and not be surprised by depending on how you want to look at it. But uh, having the Broncos pass on him at nine, mm-hmm. I think would be a mistake. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. You got to get the quarterback. You know, it could be a deal break for the franchise. So what, what Dane had like at number 13, it was another offensive player taken off the board. So, you know, he had the Los Angeles Chargers, the number 13 overall, drafting Jalen Waddell, wide receiver, out of Alabama. So I'll kind of kick kick this off, kick off the analysis regarding Waddell, and I'll pass it to you. So I'm like, you look at Waddell, I'm like, he only played six games last season, you know, 242 snaps to be exact. I know he caught 28 to 32 targets for a little bit under 600 receiving yards, you know, and four touchdowns. I think one thing that was impressive, you know, looking at uh, Alabama, you know, all-time list school history – but the guy averaged 19 yards per reception during his collegiate career, which actually ranked second on that list uh, at Bama, a minimum of 100 receptions. I think one thing I was thinking about with this, I, I kind of like it. You know, I like this move because you know, his arrival in L.A. You know, really provides like Justin Herbert uh, with another receiving weapon. And I really see if this comes to fruition, like Waddle being a replacement for Mike Williams, you know, who's entering like the final year of his contract. Now, the the Chargers' offensive line is is really one of the worst in the league, in my opinion, like over the last two seasons. I'd love to see them like address that. But uh, I guess as far as like with the Chargers picking Waddle, then the other picks that they have, Todd, I'm like, what do you see them doing? Well, I I think the most, the the thing that I really want to focus on with this pick, Eric, Mm -hmm. is I don't think Waddle makes it to him. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just don't see the Giants and... I, I could see the Giants passing on him. I think they're yeah. going to go defense. Uh, but I think that, um, you know, the Eagles passing on him, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I find it hard to believe that the Eagles will pass on him. Who do you, who do the, who does uh, he show the Eagles taking? Yeah, I can pull it up. I just kind of had my notes here. Give me a second. But I know he also had the Eagles drafting another wide receiver late. And I believe that may have been Amon, Amon St. Ra. I'm probably Amen. Amen, yeah. Let me scroll down. No, I said, um, no, I said Amen. Like you said, Amen St. Ra, and I'm like, Amen. Amen Ra St. Brown. Yeah. I was like, I was wow. just being a wise ass. Play I'm on sitting, words. Yeah, understood. I'm sitting here trying to multitask too unsuccessfully. But yeah, I know he had, uh, no, he had actually uh, Amari Rogers out of Clemson 
going to uh, the Eagles, like in round three, seventh overall. But let me, I've got it pulled up now. Let's go down to the Eagles and see who he has them selecting in the first round. Yeah, he actually has them going cornerback uh, with J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. Well, you know what? If if Horn makes it that far, that's not a bad pick. Yeah. So um, it's possible. Um, I I would be a you know again. I just don't know that I see the Chargers taking a wide receiver there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is possible. Uh, put me down for. I think that that's unlikely. I don't know what uh, I think. Put me down for an offensive lineman. Okay. Looking at this yeah, offensive they do line, need to help. yeah, yeah. Pipkins and Abouche and Lindsley and Filer and Balaga right now. I mean, Brian Balaga's hurt more than he plays every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, put me down for yeah. um, an offensive lineman, or if the uh, Eagles take Waddle and the cornerback mm-hmm. falls, that they take the cornerback. Um, yeah. But I. Ch- you know, just given my analysis and my gut feel is that the Chargers do not, you know, they got burned taking Mike Williams a few years ago. I don't know that he justified that early of a pick. It was a surprise pick at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think that they've got Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton, who they like as well. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I just, I, I don't see it. I don't think it would be a bad pick, but I don't see it. Yeah, no, no, well said, no good points. Now, looking at uh, number 16 overall, like Dane has a Cardinal selecting Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, so what, what do you think about this selection if this actually happens? If it happens, I love it for the Cardinals. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, Cliff Kingsbury will take as many wide receivers as you let him. Mm-hmm. And I think that Devonta Smith, this would actually be almost an ideal landing spot for him. Mm-hmm. If you understand the air raid offense and the other players, you know, having, you know, a lot of plays where you're one of four wide receivers mm-hmm. and you get a single coverage by maybe a second, um, you know, a backup, you know, or, you know, like a, not the nickel corner, but he might get the dime corner on him. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, I think that he would be a real weapon and I don't, I think that would be a, uh, a really good pick for the Cardinals. I like Devontae Smith. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Cause I, I, I do like this, you know, whenever I was reading through Dane's uh, mock draft, I was like, no, I love it because I'm like, you look at Smith's skill set. I'm like, it's going to translate well to like any scheme, like at the NFL level. And just think about having him as like a number two to, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm like, Smith can ultimately become what fantasy managers dream that Christian Kirk could be. Uh, and their offensive line was solid, you know, last season. So, no, I really like I really like that pick. Uh, I don't really have anything else to add to it. What about you? Um, I do want to say that um, – but my, my mouse keeps going out. Mm-hmm. I wanted to look. I think that – I just wanted to cover really quickly who the Cardinals brought in. Yeah, go ahead. Because I know that they've brought in a bunch of people this uh, offseason. So they've got A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's going to stop them from taking a wide receiver. No, not They at all. added Rodney Hudson at center. That was the guy that I had been thinking of on the offensive line. So mm-hmm. um, 
I would not be shocked if they added another offensive lineman here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see Devonta Smith falling a lot further than this. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised based on the, the fears teams have on his size. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I think that he would be an electric player in this offense. Yeah. No, absolutely. I agree. Now, uh, the next kind of major, you know, kind of like offensive, uh, you know, fantasy relevant, you know, position that was selected. I know Dane had at number 24 overall, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers selected Najee Harris running back out of Alabama. Uh, again, like I'm thinking, hey, no, this this would be phenomenal if this comes to fruition. So I know it surprised a lot of people seeing Harris return for a senior season, you know, at Bama. I think he actually improved his draft capital, you know, by, uh, you know, by doing so. Uh, I think he would fit in nicely, like in Pittsburgh. I'm like Anthony McFarland. He doesn't build, in my opinion, to be like a bell cow at the NFL level. And I don't think the Steelers necessarily want to go to battle, say, and having like someone like Benny Snell, you know, as their as their go-to guy. So now I really love this move. You know, we'll give out uh, not Alabama, but we'll give Pittsburgh, you know, kind of their bell cow, you know, type of back. May even give them a reminders of like Le'Veon Bell, you know, of having him back there you know, many years ago. I don't know. What do you think about this election, uh, Todd, if it happens? Well, I, I think that it makes a lot of sense and no sense at all. Um, I think they're, they're smoke screening about you taking a, a running back in the first round. Um, I wouldn't be su- surprised if the one they took was uh, ATM, if they do take one. Uh, but... Mm-hmm. My thought is that uh, more than just about any other team, the, the Steelers need offensive line help. You know, Kevin Dotson, mm-hmm. J.C. Hassenauer, David DeCastro, Zach Banner, and uh, Chikmura Okorafor, that's their offensive line right now. And it's mm-hmm. a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, uh, a, 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 a street-free agent, uh, DeCastro is a is a very good player, and Banner is another street free agent. Those are the guys. So uh, the, the Stewards don't seem like the type. You know, they've only taken. I saw this stat. They've only taken in twenty years with this GM. They've only taken two first round running backs, and both of them were early two thousands when teams still did that pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like the pick if they did it, but I think. You know they need to protect their their aging quarterback, and to get the you know they uh, I had this talk with Pat Thorman on Twitter today, and both of us agreed that they the Steelers say they want to fix the run game. I think the better way to fix the run game is to mm-hmm. fix the offensive line, and I think if they do that, Snell and McFadden splitting the job with maybe a, a, a second or third round running back is a, a smarter way to go. Mm-hmm. No, no, I like it. Uh, yeah, because that that offensive line, I'm like, it was uh, it, it was rough. I would say one other thing to think about, like a scenario, would be I'm like, if they really just want to truly take the ball out of uh, you know Big Ben's hands and really lean more like on the running game, it's just I'm like his arm strength looked uh, did not look good like last year. I don't know if it'll be improved, you know, another year removed you know from his injury, but yeah, we'll see. It's kind of one of those for where you're like, if it happens, you're like, eh. Yeah, I like it. It's okay, but I can see them going with an offensive lineman there too. It's a really good point. Love, love the player. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a very interesting. Uh, there's a lot of hype about them taking a running back, 
but mm-hmm. just, you know, and I know I keep saying offensive lineman, offensive lineman. I mean, in a vacuum, we have no idea mm-hmm. how good, I don't know how good these offensive linemen are and how many there are and how, how you know, but I, if it's me mm-hmm. and there's an offensive lineman that I like there, I think that that's going to fix the run game a lot more than uh, drafting Najee Harris right now. Yeah. Now at number 25, you know, with that pick, I know Dane had the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Elijah Moore, you know, wide receiver, you know, out of uh, Ole Miss. And I know like Moore, you know, at Ole Miss played and started in eight games last season uh, before he elected to, you know, kind of forego those remaining games in order to start like his draft preparation. But like the guy was a monster. You know, a little bit under 1,200 receiving yards were actually the most ever, you know, by an SEC player through the first eight games of the season. I know he was also really productive, like, from the slot, like, as well. So I think if he does end up, you know, in Jacksonville, it's just another weapon for Urban Meyer, you know, and uh, Trevor Lawrence, assuming that he goes there. But uh, what thoughts do you have around uh, Elijah Moore? I I do think that they're going to add another wide receiver, Uh, whether it's this wide receiver at this pick, I, I don't know. I, I do know that um, it wouldn't shock me if it was Rondale Moore instead of. I think it might be a little early for Rondale Moore, agreed. Uh, rather than Elijah Moore, but I do think that when you again you look at the type of guy that Urban Meyer seems to like, uh, you know, uh, you, you mix him with Chenault, and the, and it, it it reminds me a lot of Ayuk and uh, Debo to where, you know, it just gives you so many options um, and it makes you so explosive. So if they go wide receiver here, uh, give me Rondale over Elijah. Uh, do you know much about Elijah? Is he, you know, because I didn't watch much of his tape. Mm-hmm. I watched a little bit. Um, it, you know, I, 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 so it could be, but uh, I like the next, uh, I like the next pick. Um, why, you know, why don't we move to that one? And then we also have to uh, – I think this is the time, uh, Eric, where we need to go over the trade, the big trade today. Yeah, yeah, let's let's do that. We can go through uh, – talk about the trade and then also go through, uh, I guess, at number 27, you know, the Ravens would take uh, Bateman. Why don't we talk about uh, Bateman real quick, and we'll talk about the trade because that will be a good segue and actually into round two. So that's the first yeah, – last I, major pick. I think Bateman would be an excellent selection mm-hmm. here. Um, I like him. I think he's got yeah. um, the type of quickness to get open. And I think part of the problem is that, you know, with with uh, Mr. Jackson last year was that people weren't getting open. So uh, I think Rashad mm-hmm. Bateman's going to get open at this level. And um, now they've also got another first round pick right around here from the Chiefs. So I do think that they'll with one of those two picks they'll take a wide receiver, whether it's the first pick. I, I think that there's a few different wide receiver all around mm-hmm. about the same quality going here. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if they either traded back here a little bit. They like to trade back, but I do think that by the time we're through the middle of the second round, they've picked up a wide receiver. Yeah, no, I really like the idea of uh, adding Rashad Bateman, you know, out of Minnesota to uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, I know that fantasy managers haven't gotten what they've ultimately expected, you know, from Marquise Brown. 
But I'm like, you look at what Bateman was able to do, uh, you know, back in 2019. I'm like, he was uh, he was phenomenal, and he's really good at like yards after the catch too. So I think he would be a really good fit, uh, you know, in that in that offense. Uh, so that's all that I really wanted to add. Anything else before we talk about the big trade today, like you mentioned? Uh, well, I mean, it's just amazing what the Chiefs are able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they signed uh, Joe Thune. You know, they, it looked like their offensive line was in serious decline. They let Mitchell Swartz go. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fisher, you know, if he came back, who knows, after an Achilles. Um, and now they've got a, a stud left tackle, Joe Thune, with all those weapons. Kudos to Andy Reid and kudos to the Chiefs organization. I don't think the price was ridiculous by any means. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it, you know, to me, that puts the Chiefs right back in the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. And for those that, uh, you know, that, that don't know, you know, about the trade, so the Chiefs acquire offensive tackle Orlando Brown in a trade uh, with the Ravens. And then to your point, Todd, I'm like the Chiefs traded their uh, 2021 first round pick, you know, number 31 overall, like a third rounder, uh, 94 uh, overall fourth round pick, you know, 136 overall in a 2022 fifth round selection in exchange for Brown and a 2021 second round pick in a 20, uh, 2022 sixth round pick. So you got to strengthen up that offensive line. It uh, makes the world go round uh, offensively. So this is coming from an ex lineman here. So now I, I like that move. You got to give, got to give my homes protection. And, and then I think it's a ding to the Ravens offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I mean, they've been pretty good at finding good offensive linemen, but yeah. who is the guy who retired two years ago? From uh, Baltimore? Baltimore's offensive lineman, all pro every year. He retired uh-huh. um, right before last season. Now uh, they lose th- this guy. Uh, um, John Urschel? John no. Urschel? Uh, no. Yeah, you're going to make me think about that. And my and my mouse keeps doing wacky stuff. I guess we'll have um, to go to the Google. Yeah, just look up like the uh, not Staley. Um, hold on, uh, two thousand nineteen all pro team. Marshall Yonda? Yeah, Marshall Yonda. Yeah, okay. So they lost Yonda, and now they lost uh, this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's not good. (laughs) It's not good. Not not at all. But no, yeah, that was uh, was a big... uh, But he wanted to to play left tackle Mm -hmm. and, you know, and get that left tackle money. Yeah. And the, the Ravens get Staley back, so... They, you know, they couldn't, you know, they, yeah. they get Ronnie Staley back. So, all right, um, yeah. moving Ready. on. But uh, I, I like the trade more from the Chiefs' perspective than I do mm-hmm. from the Ravens. Uh, I understand why the Ravens did it, but um, I do think it's a knock to the, that Ravens' offense. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, moving on to round two, uh, I know that, you know, pick number 35 – I know uh, Dane had the Falcons selecting uh, Travis Ntn running back out of Clemson. Uh, so, what do you think about this one? 
Yeah, I think that's it's a it's a very likely scenario, um, and it could be Najee Harris. You know, if Najee somehow makes it out of the first round, I I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Najee doesn't go to the Steelers and he's sitting there. You know, when one of the Ravens picks come up, I wouldn't be shocked to see the. Um, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see the. Uh, Falcons move up to take Najee at the end yeah. of the first round. Yeah, uh, I think. But, um, you know, I, I don't like uh, ATM as much as some people, mm-hmm. uh, but, um, you know, I, I do think that they will take a running back probably in the second or third round. Yeah, and I think either one of those backs, like you mentioned, Harris or ATN, would be would pair nicely, you know, like with Mike Davis. I know Mike Davis was uh, someone that I mentioned is, a, is like a sell-high uh, in a recent article that I did for four for four, you know, about um, like a dynasty article around players to trade before the uh, the NFL draft. And so I think if either one of those players obviously goes to Atlanta, it's going to diminish uh, Davis's value because the perception is that Davis, you know, could be, you know, the featured back. But obviously those uh, dreams are shredded if uh, one of these transactions actually uh, takes place. So, again, pretty straightforward uh, selection there. Now, I know at uh, number 36, I know Dane has the Dolphins selecting uh, Javante Williams, your running back out of North Carolina. So uh, what do you think about this one, Todd? Yeah, I I think it's very likely. They have spent a lot of time studying the running backs. I, you know, again, trying to pick the exact guy to the exact team is really hard to do, but I would not be shocked at all if this pick is a running back and, um, it would ding my Miles Gaskin shares, so I'm hoping it's not uh, it's not true. But um, it seems like there's an awful lot of smoke about the Dolphins and running backs. Yeah, I'm like you think about a guy like uh, Williams and then Miles Gaskin. I'm like they would make an impo- uh, like an imposing, you know, I would say like running back by committee. I'm like if they were to join forces, like with Williams, I'm like he excels like at yards after the catch and I mean yards after contact. Excuse me, you know, missed tackles. Uh, you know, according to like the pro football focus. So it, it would be interesting if that actually comes to fruition. He does uh, seem like a Brian Flores type of guy. Yeah. Right? No, you know, Brian exactly. Flores seems like that old fashioned um, with enough newfangledness. But I, I yeah. think he would love to, especially with a quarterback that they're trying to protect a little bit, mm-hmm. to have a running back that can, you know, set up the play action pass. Um, I, I actually, you know, while it's hard to guess who – you know exactly which running back teams will take. I think he did a great job, Mr. Brugler, with that. Um, with that, I, I wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, no, I really like that pick. Uh, the pick as well. So, like moving on, you know, number uh, number forty-one overall. I think he actually has the Lions selecting uh, Terrence Marshall, you know, wide receiver out of LSU, which I was kind of intrigued, you know, intrigued by this. I'm like, we all know what Marshall's been able to do, like over the last two seasons uh, at LSU. Uh, I know he finished 15th in uh, yards per route run among wide receivers of 60 or more targets, you know, with 2.91. Uh, I just think about with with Detroit, <laughs> you know, they've got Tyrell Williams and they've got Brashad Berryman. I'm like Marshall would would kind of be like uh, like injecting like adrenaline like into that offense. Uh, so what do you think about this decision if it actually happens? Well, I would love it for the Lions, but I think Marshall's going ahead of this. Mm-hmm. I think that um, he might go ahead of Bateman. He definitely might go ahead of Elijah Moore. 
So um, I, I I like the I like it if the Lions can do it. He, it would be a great pick for them here. Um, but put me down for Marshall going a little earlier. Absolutely. All right, moving on. So, and this was one pick that I, I really really liked uh, at number forty five overall. You know, the Jaguars selecting you know Pat Fryermuth, tight end out of uh, Penn State. Uh, I, I really like this because uh, you know Fryermuth. You know, I love watching his uh, like watching his film, uh, just watching him kind of truck over guys. Uh, I know he owns a lot of records, like at Penn State. You know, for career touchdown receptions by a tight end. I know like his 92 career receptions are tied for 20th all time, like in school history. Uh, one thing that was interesting, uh, I, I, I know a shoulder injury like ended the season, you know, just after four games, but I'm like, his target share over that span of time was like 28%. And so I'm like, he can be the focal point of like a passing game, but I know the Jaguars have a need like at the tight end position. I think getting a guy like this in the second round with those other weapons that they already have and that they could add based on this mock would be phenomenal. But what do you think about this? I, I think it's a good uh, – uh, again, this uh, – Dane, I see why you liked his uh, mock draft so much. Yeah. No, it, it, it's really good. I, I like you know like his process and kind of how he goes through things. Yeah, I've been a yeah, no, fan I, of his I, content for I, years. I think this is another, another one where the dots do connect, uh, which means it probably won't happen, but uh, yeah. but the dots definitely connect. Yeah, so uh, again, pretty straightforward pick. I think you and I both like this one. But looking at uh, uh, 51, uh, you know, uh, 50, 51 overall, uh, let's see, Washington. So he's got Washington selecting uh, Darius Tony, you know, wide receiver, running back, Swiss Army knife out of Florida. What do you think about this one? I, I don't like this one. I, mm-hmm. I think that they just uh, they just paid good money for the Swiss Army knife and Curtis yeah. Samuel. Um, and I think that Washington will go uh, somewhere other. I I wouldn't be shocked to see Kadarius Tony drop into the third, fourth round. Um, so I'm going to say after a couple picks where I could really see it, um, I'm going to say that I don't see this one. Yeah, I I wasn't a big fan of this one either. You know, even with them adding, you know, Fitzpatrick, you know, quarterback, but then they've got, you know, Terry McLaurin and then Curtis Samuel there. And they still have some other receivers that are on the roster where, you know, could thrive like with another opportunity, you know, to to perform this year. So I wasn't a big fan of this one either. Um, Now, the next one, I I was kind of, I was really intrigued by this one because uh, at number 52, He's got the Bears selecting Kellen Mond, quarterback out of Texas A&M. So 52nd overall. I just thought this was like a perfect fit because you get a guy like Mond where he could sit behind Andy Dalton for a season or two before taking the reins. I know the Bears were kind of smitten on, on Mond, you know, for the last couple of months. And he's another dual threat, you know, quarterback option. And I think he stood out uh, kind of amongst like his peers at the Senior Bowl back in uh, January. So what do you think about this one? You know, like I like I said, I didn't get to the quarterbacks um, because you know, from uh, me being mostly a best ball guy, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get the guys who are going to play this year, and yeah. I don't see Kellen Mond playing this year, so I I definitely didn't <clears throat> look at him yet. So I'd, I I'd be giving you an uninformed opinion, mm-hmm. um, but my uh, but I will give you my uninformed opinion, which is if the Bears take him, it's probably the wrong move. Yeah, it's just what the Bears like. Again, I'm still torn and just like kind of cringing. It's like 
you know, if you're, if you're on the hot seat, you know, as a general manager, as a head coach, and you're going to have success or failure be defined by uh, Andy Dalton. So that kind of tells me everything that I need to know there. But they may not, if, if this does happen, they may not even be around to really see Mon thrive. But that's a whole other conversation for another day. Now, well, I, mean, I, I do, yeah, go ahead. I do want to, I do want to look up. Um, who did they? Who do they have the Bears taking in the first round? With the Bears, let me uh, scroll back up. Yeah, so they actually have the Bears in the first round uh, taking an offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State, Kevin Jenkins. Yeah, I mean, when we ta- when I talked earlier about teams moving up for a quarterback, mm-hmm. um, I mean, maybe they like this Mon guy, and you know, but. I wouldn't be shocked to see them trade up for a quarterback again. Or if no. Justin mm-hmm. Fields falls enough like I suggested he might. But, um, yeah, all right. I, I just wanted to look. Uh, I, I didn't know. They they picked uh, number 20, so yeah. it would be a pretty hefty price to move up to get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that has to be in their mind if they if they like someone. Yeah, no, and, and you're you're spot on because uh, kind of here's what Dane wrote verbatim. So he said, if the Bears aren't able to trade up for a quarterback, the focus should shift to one of the team's other key needs, notably right tackle. So Jenkins is natural on the right side with his unique power and competitive demeanor. So to your point, it's like he seems like Dane is kind of aligned with you thinking that, hey, they should trade up to get a quarterback. But it all comes down to the opportunity cost there. Uh I know you mentioned like Rondell Moore, like earlier, you know, wide receiver out of Purdue. I know Dane actually has the Saints uh, taking him uh, with the 60th pick. So what do you uh, what do you think about this? You know, tying Rondell Moore to Sean Payton's offense down there in the Big Easy. Um, Going back to just Kellen Mond for a second, uh, Tom Pelissero Mm -hmm. said he could make it into Mm -hmm. the first round. So if he actually does last as long as. this mock draft, I, I think he would be the pick. Um, uh, yeah. as, as to the next question, I mean, Rondell Moore in the Saints is just kind of an orgasm in waiting. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just think that, you know, Sean Payton, you know, for for all his whatevers is, you know, gets really gets the most out of his players. And I would love that landing spot for Rondell Moore. Yeah, no, I've got to echo echo your comments because I, I know when people think about more, it's you know you kind of think about okay, he's only played in seven games over the last two seasons due to injuries, but like his 2018 season was really like epic. But it, I think it's hard to imagine like a better fit you know for the Saints, uh, you know, than having more like here. I'm like you know he you know, his flexibility, you know his athleticism, like really makes him like an ideal player for Sean Payton's offense. Like in my opinion. That actually wraps up the second round with, uh, you know, all the kind of the offensive picks that Dane had. We can dive into uh, round three. And, and this is this. I really want to get your take on this one, Todd, because this was a, a pick that I was like on paper is like, I guess as Forrest Gump said, I like that a lot. I'm like, if you look at the Texans, you know, at the 67th pick taking Dombey Brown, you know, wide receiver out of North Carolina. So what do you think about this one? Yeah, I, I I liked I like I didn't watch a lot of Brown, but I liked mm-hmm. him. Uh, yeah. He had what I look for when I watch tape: someone who kind of explodes out of the 
camera. Um, you know, and I, I think, you know, the Texans obviously need wide receivers and <laughs> they pretty much need everything. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, I mean, you know, if we're guessing in the first round, we're really throwing darts in the third round. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good player. Yeah, I know it's one that I like. Now, I know we talked about, like, the Eagles kind of a few minutes ago. Uh I know in the third round, you know, at pick 70, I know he had the Eagles selecting, you know, Amari Rodgers, you know, out of Clemson. So um, what do you think about this one? Um, I didn't get to watch Amari Rodgers. What mm-hmm. are your thoughts on him? Yeah, it's uh, – I would say one thing that, that I really liked about uh, the pick, I'm like, if it does happen, is that, you know, the Eagles can use him at, like, multiple positions, like on offense. They can pretty much line him up anywhere. You know, he gives them another weapon to build around, you know, second-year quarterback, you know, Jalen Hurts. So he's kind of one of those receivers, at least from my view, that's like a Swiss Army knife. Line him up in the slot, line him up in the outside. You can handle some rushing attempts. So, you know, I, I like the pick, you know, if it ends up happening. But, yeah. You know, he's a great player. You know, I, just, I don't think he's a, a second or, or first or second-round talent. I think the third round or late second is about right. So if the Eagles get him, hey, I think he can work. Now, right. uh, yeah, going to, to pick uh, 81, the Dolphins are back on the clock again. And this is where Amon Ra St. Brown, let me get that out correctly, and um, wide receiver out of USC. So did you watch much film on Brown or know much about his background? I didn't. I didn't get down that far. I'm going to give you an Elmo shrug here. That's fine. Kind of tying that to Twitter with your uh, avatar. I like that. Yep. The, the like next that. one that I I would have an I I think all right go ahead go go to the next one sorry no no, no that's fine yeah so you got Amon Ross St Brown Dolphins now you, you go to pick eighty five you got the Tennessee Titans two two Atwell uh, wide receiver out of Louisville I mean I hear he is just a little bitty thing mm-hmm. um, so. You know, I was surprised that the Titans let both Corey Davis and Jonu Smith go. Mm-hmm. I, I I would be surprised if they – let me look at their picks. Yeah. My mouse is – just keeps going in and out. It's a – Like a wireless? It's a wireless mouse, and it, uh, it, it says I still have 47%, but it keeps going in and out. Yeah. Uh, let me look at – the Titans, because I want to remember the Titans. Boom. <laughs> so they've got that movie pick. never gets old. That's a good one. Um, they've got one twenty-two and two twenty-one. Uh, put me down for them taking someone a wide uh, a, a wide receiver before that. I don't okay. know that it'll be a 122, but I don't think they're going to wait until this tier to, to take a, a wide receiver. How's that? Yeah. And I no, don't think that, they're going to take a guy like Atwell who I think they're going to, they're going to want someone who can play every down mm-hmm. and not, you know, I, I just don't like that one. No, no understood. And there's some other picks on here. We can just kind of wrap up the uh, kind of what that mock draft is on. Uh, I know, like, the Jets, you know, at an 86 pick taking uh, Kenneth Gainwell, you know, running back out of Memphis. I know that was another one that I was like, okay, you know, that that one could work. 
Uh, it also had the Patriots at 96, taking Tylen Wallace, you know, wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. So those are just some yeah, other I, names. Go ahead. I, I, I think uh, the Jets are going to take a running back right around there, whether it's Gainwell, whether it's Kylan Hill, whether it's um, somebody else. I do think mm-hmm. that they're going to take a running back right around there. And I do think that the Patriots will take a wide receiver there. Yeah. No, no, good stuff. Yeah, I really like I uh, really like Gainville. Uh, I would like to see him with the Jets. I think that'll be a good landing spot where he can uh, hopefully get some touches uh, sooner, you know, rather than later. Uh, so I thought that would be uh, intriguing. Maybe, m- maybe he can even take some heat off of uh, off of Zach Wilson, perhaps. Yeah, but that that wraps up on like the uh, the mock draft, you know, that Dane put together. I guess for those that are watching and listening, uh, check it out. You know, at the at the Athletic, uh, it's a really good, uh, really good in depth. Uh, article that he puts together. Again, I know he puts together some amazing content there. So, yeah, I enjoyed kind of talking or, or walking through this and talking about it with you, Todd. And it was really good stuff. Oops. There you go. So um, what I was saying was that's going to do it for this episode of the Run to Daylight podcast. I want to thank you for leading this episode and doing such a fabulous job. Uh, We're definitely going to have to do more episodes like that. And uh, any last words before we get out of here? Yeah, I'll I'll just reiterate. uh, Yeah, it was good going through that, uh, going through that mock draft. But again, I I think we've uh, been looking at these players in a vacuum and, uh, you know, understanding what they can do and speculating on landing spots. But, hey, the, the great news is that after next week, we'll know where these players are at, and then we'll really be able to dive into the fantasy implications of, you know, where these specific players, you know, land. So if you're uh, in a dynasty, you know, playing a dynasty league, I highly encourage to check out my um, article over at 4 for 4, you know, about players that you should trade, you know, before the NFL draft. And also, too, if you're an athletic subscriber or just want to kind of get a peek at um, – key stats to know about the major and key players from this uh, year's draft class. I've got an article published there that uh, goes through quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, uh, with different stats that you should know to better understand these players. But that's all I wanted to add. It was a great show. It's always good to talk fantasy football with you, Todd, and looking forward to the next one. Great job. That's going to do it. I want to, again, thank our friends over at the FFPC Go to myffpc.com, whether it's for best ball, whether it's for the the new dynasty formats. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, also check out the $5 best balls. They call them the Cinco Cinco de Mayo uh, best balls for five bucks. Um, I know a guy who's trying to get into best ball and he's using that to try and get his experience. So if you're new to best ball, um, and you want to practice some of the things we talk about here with volume, check out the Cinco de, My, uh, Cinco de Best Ball, $5 over at the FFPC. That's going to do it. We're off next week because of the NFL draft. We'll mm-hmm. catch you ne- the week after that, my friend. All right. Now, sounds good. Everyone take care. Hey, enjoy the weekend. And don't wear a tutu, even if he gets drafted. <laughs>